From Redeemer Church Norman, you're listening to the Gospel Coaching Podcast, a spiritual formation podcast about engaging culture at the intersection of the gospel in our daily lives. This week, we're talking about how to maintain fellowship in our Christian communities when there are political or personal or theological disagreements. I am Josh Caudill, and I am joined this week by pastors Andy McDonald and Paul Kingery. How are you guys doing? Man, I'm I'm doing really well. I just drank a Stumptown cold brew coffee. Nice. Did you happen to drink one as well? I did. How about you, Andy? Did you drink one? Yes. I don't know if you're I'm welcome. Quite exciting conversation. <laughs> I'm kind of amped about it. Is this really podcast worthy? I think we know it is, but it's it's delicious. So I'm I'm doing well. He asked how I'm doing. So Redeemer Norman podcast brought to you by Stumptown Coffee. <laughs> if we get not not an official sponsorship. If we, we get Stumptown to sponsor am, our podcast, I am wholeheartedly behind them if they sponsor us. Perfect. That is fantastic. Uh, all right, so we're talking about disagreements today, so I thought it'd be fun to begin with this question. What is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, pet peeve. I don't know, do you have one? Whatever is annoying me at the moment. Wow. That's the biggest pet peeve. That's pretty broad. Uh, no, I really was kind of thinking about this and saying it, it does change, but I was trying to think of one that's stayed with me my life, and mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of gum chewing. Interesting. Weirdo. Just like when someone like is chewing <laughs> with their mouth open or like are you like highly perceptive to even like it, just the sound at it's all? It's just the sound. It's even if I'm chewing gum. <laughs> okay. And then smacking is like worse. Sure. And so much so I, I'm not a gum chewer because I feel like I'm a hypocrite if I choose nice. gum and it bothers me. So like my kids, my they always ask their grandmother for gum and I say no. <laughs> no. Wow. My, my wife, this this podcast is going to be offensive to her. Oh, oh no. She's a big league chew, gum chewer. Biggest pet peeve? Again, like, I kind of agree with Andy. It's There's not just one thing. There's usually things that come to the surface at any given moment that could be something that sets you off. But the one that since living in our neighborhood is cars that are parked in the street. So there's all these houses with these lovely driveways that are just completely empty and meant for <laughs> cars. Some would even say the garage mm. is a place where you could park your car. I'm not going to say that because we have a bunch of junk in our garage. <laughs> but you still have a driveway. And so for us, it's like you're driving in a, in a one-lane neighborhood. Everybody parks in the street. That's frustrating. It's, oh. it's fascinating. And so especially if, you're, if you were thinking, I'm going to come around this curve, that would not be a good place to park one's vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's there. It's <laughs> always parked there. Even when it snows and when it's icy, it's it's parked there. And so one that I think of every day probably is that one because I leave my house and drive every day. So that's just a PSA. Hey, you got a driveway? Drive into that way, right? Well said. Thank you. We have a friend in Norman who was driving her car recently, and she leaned down and picked up her phone. Now, careful, don't text and drive, you know. Yes, be very clear about that. Yes, don't do that. But she just picked her phone up. By her own admission and her own testimony, she goes, I picked my phone up. Mm-hmm. A man on the sidewalk, walking his dog, ran up to her window and started pounding on her window, saying, don't text and drive! Wow. I feel like that's what you're going to do if somebody parks on your street. Like <laughs> Paul running out in his dark socks, I very shorts gently, and hoodie. I very gently. And run out. No, and no, pa- no. 
God gave us bumpers, and I very gently <laughs> bump nudge, into it, just nudge it a little. Just push mm. it a little bit. It's okay. no big deal. Yeah. Not enough to set the airbag off, but you good. see what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Josh, how about you? Uh, I don't know why this bothers me so much, but I get very frustrated whenever I'm on the phone and someone next to me tries to talk to me whenever someone on the phone and someone in person are trying to talk to me at the same time. It is like immediate like maximum frustration and because I, I just can't hear both conversations maybe. And so and you're such I'll be a like kind on the person. Phone. You want to attend to anyone who's speaking to you. Right. And it just frustrates you because you can't be nice enough at that moment. And maybe, I mean, so I feel kind. like I, I feel like I could explain like, okay, I want to be able to like hear people and I just can't, but I get very upset and it's, <laughs> I don't understand why I get so upset. So anyone who, to whom I've done this before, I apologize. So Andy, uh, you've been, wanting to talk about this topic all week, I feel like, and it's been on your heart. So would you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to discuss it on the podcast? Yeah, well, kind of like pet peeves where there are things that I think the definition of a pet peeve is that we overreact to them. Maybe they aren't things that aren't the most polite thing or something, but we just overreact to them. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like a lot of times right now in our culture, like everything's a pet peeve. And any difference of opinion or any different way, really we overreact. Um, this week has kind of been a breath of fresh air as I've gotten to sit down and talk with a few people who, when they're talking about Redeemer and being a part of our, our fellowship and our community, they really kind of talked about the differences that they had with other people. Yeah, And some of these things that I think really are dividing our communities mm. being something that's found in this unique community that people have these different opinions. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just found that really encouraging of how do we find this community, even though we have these differences that kind of a whole world says that's supposed to really be a pet peeve for you. That really mm. is supposed to set you off. Yeah. And, and so I've really enjoyed that, that, I hope, and we, we hope, I think we have to work really hard at this. I don't think it's necessarily easy for Redeemer to be a place where people can have differing opinions, mm -hmm. but yet we're still united in Christ. Yeah. And I, the Bible talks about that over and over of in Christ, mm -hmm. in Christ. And, and I think, uh, to me, I, I think that's kind of the surprising thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul, I know you've gone to Brazil. I know you've uh, traveled to Japan. And where, where else have you gone? Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, yeah. And to me, I think one of the cool things is you go there, everything is so different. Mm -hmm. And in my travels over uh, in Asia, uh, and even some closed countries that I've gotten to travel there and then down with Haiti, I love going and seeing people whose whole lives are completely different than mine, mm -hmm. but there's still a unity around Christ. There's an in-Christness there. Sure. Paul, can you think of anything when you've been traveling that you just – that commonality that formed a community, even though everything was really different. Yeah, so so I've been to Brazil, been to Mexico, got to go to China last summer. And I think that being in those cultures, I've realized that, I don't know if it's that people are more abrasive, but it's more of, here's an issue, let's deal with this. Let's talk about this. Let's take care of it. So whether it's on the street or there's a there's a there's a wreck or even in Haiti, you know, like where these 
things pop up all all the time. Disagreements pop up, or you know, someone wrecks someone's bicycle into something. I don't. I just feel like there's this quickness to let's deal with this right now. Let's take care of this. Whereas sometimes I feel like in the United States, uh, specifically in our culture, people maybe get passive aggressive, mm-hmm. or they hide behind a computer screen, or yeah. they 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 shy away from actually having a dialogue, having a discussion, or. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see Jesus, we're, we're going through the book of John right now, and constantly he is doing a sign or having a conversation so that discourse can happen. He, yeah. he wants dialogue, he wants to flesh this stuff out in person, and so I think that's something that I've seen in other parts of the, in other parts of the world, not even in a faith-based way, but just in a cultural way that people just seem to maybe confront things head on and deal with things better than maybe we do sometimes here in the United States. I think there's a historical background to this. And uh, especially in the South, there's Southern hospitality. You don't talk about the things that you disagree about. You're only going to talk about the things that you, you agree about. And so uh, culturally it's kind of, it's rude to talk about anything that there might be disagreement. Which can be dangerous. Well, and, and I think it, really kind of creates a, a false sense of community. Uh, one of my professors at OBU, uh, Dr. Mullen, said he put forth that uh, people in the South were ruder than more people in the North. And he said, because they'll always say hi to you, even if they don't care about you. They'll, they'll even be nice to you. He goes, because they're supposed to societally. He goes, if somebody, if you're up North and somebody says hi to you, it's only because they would nice like person. to say it's hi a to chick- you. chick-fil-a effect of yeah it's my pleasure to serve you yeah, well I, so, i'm paid to say that but it's my pleasure yeah and and so how do we deal with sure. that and i think sometimes the way it's dealt with is that you actually don't have community that's very rich it's pretty surface because i think that most people disagree with most people on something we mm-hmm. we all have a will and a volition right sure that's a great point so for you guys, what what's the purpose of debate or dialogue or having an argument? Like end game, end goal. Like why do we argue? What you know? What's what drives that? I think there are a couple of ways I could answer this question. Uh, at the very least, I could answer the way that is actually true and the way that I wish was true. And then I think often Good I point. get into arguments. That's helpful though. For the sake of convincing people or like the end game of an argument or a discussion is that people are, are convinced that I'm correct about things. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily a very wise approach. And I wish that more often I had an alternate view, which is that uh, by the end, we'll both understand each other a little bit better and have been open-minded about the other person's opinions about things. And I think there's sort of a basic psychological and theological fact that all of us are wrong about a lot of our beliefs probably and our perspectives on things and we should probably all be a little bit more willing to recognize that you mean that we're all sinners and we've all fallen short you, of the glory i mean of i God? guess you could say it like maybe, that maybe say it like that well <laughs> that, no, someone I, that's so much put that in writing that's pretty I good think, yeah i think they have no oh, okay good big a apostle no big a apostle Paul. Okay. they're not not the lowercase apostle pk big a apostle you can follow paul on twitter yes yeah but no, I think Paul's getting to that where I think sometimes discussion is a confession that mm. I'm a sinner, sure. that that's I don't, good. I'm not the end of everything. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, so that's kind of the negative way of saying it. Like, Hey, we're all a little bit wrong, Sure. but I think it's kind of even cool to go all the way back to Genesis where it says 
in the beginning, God created them, male and female, in his image, he created them. Mm-hmm. That God created male and female in his image. Right, yeah. That the two of the easiest things to kind of say, here are differences, male and female. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're both in the image of God. And mm-hmm. so to me, neither one fully encompasses the image of God. Yeah, that's a good point. And so to me, I think discussion really comes down to that respect of the Imago Dei, that mm-hmm. that each person on this planet is created in the image of God mm-hmm. and respecting God for that, not really respecting them because they can be right or wrong. They're sure. a sinner. Mm-hmm. But respecting God and saying, okay, there's something that is image bearing. Mm-hmm. This image bearer is, is is walking and talking and believes this. And I'm going to respect that. Not I'm going to agree with everything, but yeah. I'm going to respect that. And I think when we... I think there's a danger when we seek for uniformity mm-hmm. rather than union in community. Uniformity. Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees and thinks the same. I actually think that's bad community. I think it's actually disingenuous. It's yeah. usually only community that is forced by power. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Westboro Baptist Church is an example of that. I was reading an article this week about one of the uh, young women that grew up in that church and stepping Mm -hmm. outside of it Mm -hmm. and talking about the false sense of community that that was really there that she felt because everyone agreed on the exact same thing. And the moment she didn't agree, it really wasn't community. It it was brittle Mm -hmm. that it broke. Yeah. And so to me, I hope that Redeemer becomes a place that in Christ we find unity sure. so we can come together. We can have conversations and come together in that, but not we don't have to have uniformity. Yeah. And that uniformity is in some way a good thing mm-hmm. that shows us how big God is. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you said the word practice, and so – to me, in our regroup, so the way that we pursue missional community here at Redeemer in our regroups, that's fertile ground for having these gospel discussions based in forgiveness, based in prayer, based, most importantly, on the Word of God. So if we're going to have, you know, arguments at some point in the future with our coworkers and our neighbors, or, I mean, if we ever get to that point, you know, we get to practice those methods, and we get to practice um, preaching the gospel to each other in regroups and so I don't know we, we heard this somewhere I don't remember what conference we are at but the idea that you don't really truly experience biblical community until maybe you've had to forgive someone mm-hmm. and I know that that's something that is, is very important very very special uh, biblical community is the gospel puts that together you know I've said that my regroup it would look a lot different if I handpicked a bunch of people to come and be at my house but the gospel does something different and it brings a very unique group of people to my house with political and cultural and just different um, point of views to the table and that's better that's better exactly that the gospel does a better job of forming community than we would do right even on our own choosing people who think like us who act like us Mm -hmm. who look like us right yeah because that's a really small god that means that anything new that comes into my life Oh, no, I don't know where God is. But when I have people who have differing opinions and, and views, we start seeing that God's 
the God of a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know too. Not just the stuff that I, I do know. Yeah. Can I read some scripture? Always. Are you guys okay with that? <laughs> so Second Corinthians 5, uh, starting in verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Verse 18. All this is from God, who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's like you're saying, if we allow God and the gospel to dictate how we have conversations and how how we have dealings with other human beings, um, we're going to come out of that with a better view of, of argument, a better view of disagreement, because... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just we're telling the story of this is what God has done in my life. We want to reconcile the world to God. That's what we need to be about. All of life redeemed by God. Right. And so that means that we're open to all of life. We're open to those subjects. We talk a lot about uh, at Redeemer that we have open-handed and closed-handed things. Right. Because I, I, I worry that somebody might be able to kind of turn this uh, podcast on and listen in and kind of go, oh, okay, so just don't have really strong feelings. That. That's not true at all. Right. Redeemer, people are passionate about what they believe, but we know what things are open-handed and what things are closed-handed. What things are closed-handed are the nature of God, his holy scripture, that Jesus Christ is the Savior. We don't mess yeah. with that. that that's, that's, that's the right. stuff that if you take that away, we don't have unity. Correct. But then these open-handed things, whether it be politics, whether it be how you school your kids, whether it be uh, um, how you should spend your money, what, whatever, whatever things that you are incredibly passionate about. I'm not saying these things don't matter. The things that you're incredibly passionate about, they're open-handed things. And I think as we discuss them, it drives us to the close hand. Sure. It drives us to Jesus. I think that a lot of times we can start from, start from an open-handed issue pretending it's a closed-handed issue and phrase it in terms of a closed-handed issue. So there could be some theological or political belief that I have, and I can say, I believe this because if you don't believe this, then you're disagreeing fundamentally with what we believe about who God is. I don't think that's necessarily a good way to go about it, and I like the way you're wording it, that these things should draw us to these closed-handed issues rather than defining the close-handed issues from what we already assume about these open-handed issues. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but what do you guys think about a situation like that? Because I think that there are going to be a lot of times where we disagree with someone about what counts as open-handed and what counts as closed-handed issues. I think when we disagree, I think we have to disagree. We have to continue to disagree humbly. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are some people, and there are some things that maybe I would even kind of say, this is a closed-handed issue. And somebody else might disagree. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is the nature of God that we're dealing with. Even if somebody's discussing that with me, I think I humbly go, I'm going to listen to you because you're an image bearer of God. Right. That's a good point. Because I could still disagree with you. Yeah. But I'm going I'm to listen to you. I think, I think at times the wrong way to use closed-handed issue 
issues is to end the discussion mm. rather than going, no, this is about Jesus. No, this is about Jesus. Yeah. And then listen to them and go, they might be able to show you how, uh, you know, I don't know what, you know, which one you're taking, but so whether you're a Democrat or Republican, if you're a Republican, you stand on the conservative moral side and that's about Jesus. Right. Or if you're a Democrat, you care about the poor. And Jesus said, if you did this to the least of these, yeah. that's about Jesus. I want to go, well, no, let's look at Jesus mm-hmm. and let him inform those things rather than trying to baptize those things as a close-handed issue. That's a good point in the sense that if you start from the other issue and say, I'm a Republican because of so-and-so, and that's connected to who Jesus is, then you're kind of saying that's all that Jesus is, and you're making God pretty small mm-hmm. in a way that if we start with Jesus and go from there— it's easier to say, or I think it should be easier to say that there's a lot about Jesus that I don't understand and that my friends who I disagree with, their perspectives can fit in that as well, even though we might disagree. One of us might be right, one of us might be wrong. We don't have to break fellowship over that. Well, and I, and what should breaking fellowship be over? Only if they say Jesus isn't Jesus. Sure. I can think A, and Paul can think B. Sure. And if Paul's thinking B and going, and Jesus is the Son of God, died on the cross, rose again for our sins. Yeah. And I go, but no, but B, and Jesus is Jesus. He's the son of God. He died on the cross. He rose again for our sins. Then, okay, allow that dissonance. And kind of people, I think sometimes people want to resolve that. I think they want to resolve that so that they can fully comprehend God. And we lose what scripture says of what can separate us from the love of God, neither height nor depth. Anything we think of, God is God beyond that. Sure. And so I, I think sometimes we, we need to kind of practice the maturity of handling dissonance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you were saying with, with image of God, um, I think we need to be reminded that souls always hang in the balance, right? No, there's no mere mortal. C.S. Lewis line of there's no mere mortal walking among us. And so even Jesus in his dealings with people, everything he did was informed by the word. Like, mm. so scripture, meaning himself but everything he did was informed by what the father had said and what the spirit was doing and he was full of spirit and so just when he would enter into a theological discourse you know when he walked into the temple in luke 4 and he walked up to them and they're reading the scrolls and he's you know we're always looking for a mic drop moment whether that's on facebook or in person (laughs) or whatever and jesus is just like that's about me and then drops the mic and so like like jesus is the mic drop and so i think that that's we need to always think you know some of these questions as, as we talk to people is do I care about this person sitting in front of me do do I understand that they were created in the image of God and am I holding on to my argument more than I'm holding on to Jesus and what he said and what the Bible says and as long as it always as long as it always comes back to reconciliation and and Jesus then we can continue to talk about this and he's reconciling the whole world to him that's every person Sure. And so that means that at Redeemer, I want to lead us to no matter who walks in the door, we give them the respect. We give God the respect that he has created them in his image Yeah, and, and value them. We don't argue them out. doesn't mean we don't argue. We can have that disagreement, but yeah. we go, I still respect you. Mm-hmm. I think so many times it's, hold on, if you don't agree with me, you're being mean to me. And I think yeah. that's something that we have to, that we have to hold. Uh, intention and I think the only way to do that is proximity yeah yeah I think 
it's really easy to get a us versus them if there's none of them mm. in the us. Absolutely, yeah. And so we kind of pray for that at Redeemer. And it's not easy. It, like, we'll really frustrate each other. Sure. I, I go back to um, uh, when I've adopted my kids. And they, uh, bonding with, with a child that's been adopted is, is just a major concern right. that you kind of walk into. And I remember people going, hey, how's it going with your child that's been adopted? Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of go, well, we're doing good. We're bonding okay. But I really wouldn't say we serve it went well or, hey, this is really great until they got into trouble. Like we had a disagreement. Uh-huh. And then we got out of that disagreement and we were still bonded. Yeah, yeah. Because it said, hold on, this disagreement can't break. Mm-hmm. That central love. And I, I think that, I hope that marks Redeemer. And I get excited when I hear that there's different views and opinion about open-handed things at our church. Yeah. Andy, do you remember whenever I first came to Redeemer uh, and we were talking about m- me attending even before yeah. I was going to be on staff? Yeah. Uh, we had a meeting. I think we got coffee. And you just asked me a bunch of questions about what I believe and what I think about the church and about Redeemer. Do you remember this conversation? I'm talking yeah, about? I, I thought it was interesting because you're coming in from OBU. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had, you know, generic OBU student in my head <laughs> and you crushed that really quick. Uh, and, I do love OBU for the record. Well, don't, of course. Don't yeah, yeah, like but it's some... just, well, it's just, you throw out a, this is what you think it's going to be like. Nobody fits that, but yeah. it's kind of what you think. And, uh, it was really neat to start hearing you talking about what you were studying and why you were coming to OU for uh, linguistic anthropology, which mm-hmm. you've since graduated with, and I still don't understand, but that's okay. Congratulations. But you you started kind of asking questions that now over the years that you've been here, I found out I answered and you didn't agree with me. But once again, you're so nice and kind <laughs> and respectful. You still came back. And so I think that's kind of one of the neat things that mm-hmm. – even here at this table, there's differing opinions. Sure. And I just think that that's a, do you feel like that's continued to shape you at Redeemer? When you came, do you feel like in general, everybody is alike? Cause I kind of know all the stories of people come in cause I, sure. I planted the church, sure. but you kind of walked into this group yeah, and you kind of got into uh, your own, own regroup. You go to uh, Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, I came to Redeemer and stayed not despite the fact that there were people who maybe disagreed with me in certain ways, but because of that, I think that Redeemer felt like a place that sought after unity and not uniformity. And so in our conversation we had, there were times where you would say, this is Redeemer's perspective on so-and-so issue. Uh, What do you think? And some of those I said, yeah, I'm totally on board. And some of them I said, well, I'd probably disagree, but I still yeah. agree that Jesus is Jesus, and that's yeah. what we're about. So I think it's cool about your regroup mm-hmm. is at the beginning of the podcast, when I started with the stories that I had, uh-huh. a couple in your regroup is one of those stories. Mm. They, they were talking about the diversity, and what's neat is they were actually talking about the diversity between a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Not even agreement there, but at Redeemer, they find this central thing where being in Christ and looking at who he is and what the Bible says, who the Bible says he is and what that means to the world, that closed-handed issue that forms this community, Sure, they found their Christian walk 
in your regroup that you're talking about with different opinions, this couple even has some different opinions Mm -hmm. that the close handed issue of Jesus being Jesus, the Bible being Bible and Mm -hmm. that being our salvation, the open handed issues then inform them about how they could still be connected. And I think that's what I think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to have to fight for it. I think it's going to get messy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes it, it, we have to fight for the fact that we're only going to fight over close-handed issues. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I, but I hope that the product of that is that Redeemer in our community make much of Jesus mm-hmm. and make less of worldly things and see those worldly things, Paul, kind of like what you said, reconciled to him. You know, it's kind of like we hope that or we know that all of life is redeemed by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. For more information about Redeemer Church, visit our website at redeemerchurch.cc, where you can find information about our regroups, listen to our current sermon series, and follow our weekly blog posts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Redeemer Norman. Our prayer is that you would continue this conversation with your family and your community. God be with you this week.